Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Janine Cohen is the co-founder of Women Travel Leaders and recently stepped into the role of Senior Sales Director at Uncharted. She is a longtime trip planner, leader, and advisor in the adventure travel industry. She is frequently called upon as a media source and has been quoted in Travel and Leisure, Afar, National Geographic, Condonest Traveler, Vogue, and others, and was named a Forbes Changemaker. In our conversation, she shares about her career in tourism, as well as her personal journey over the past two years and during this pandemic. She gifts us with an uncensored description of this journey and shares how travel opens her up to a deeper exploration of self and connection to spirituality. We also talk about the importance of bringing women in this industry together, especially now, and how this realization led her to co-founding Women Travel Leaders. Sharing in this conversation was a beautiful gift and a moment of connection, a delight speaking with someone who sees the value in creating a space for women to show up fully and support one another. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Janine Cohen. Welcome to Soul of Travel podcast. I'm very happy today to be sitting down with Janine Cohen and uh, talking a little bit about transformational travel and kind of living our dream lives today. That's some of the some of the topics that I want to address. And Janine is the co-founder of Women Travel Leaders and just recently um, stepped into the role of Senior Sales Director at Uncharted. So I'm so happy to have you joining us today and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Christine. I love your podcast and I also love the name, Soul of Travel, really rings true, I think, for many of us in the travel industry. So yeah, great to be here. Thank you. Um, I'll have to share maybe a little bit about that later since you brought it up. I think it'll probably flow right into the conversation. As we get started, I would love to just create the space for you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and kind of who you are in the space of travel right now. Yeah, I love what you said about who I am in the space of travel right now, because I feel like this is a unique moment in time for many of us where we've all done the pivot and the recreate and the left turn. And um, I have been in the left turn that I could have never even imagined had you asked me even just over a year ago. But I have been a luxury and adventure travel expert for the last 20 years and uh, in a variety of roles across many well-respected companies in the luxury and adventure travel sector. And now, as you mentioned, I'm also the co-founder with my partner, Catherine Gallagher, in the UK of Women Travel Leaders. So I'm also a professionally trained life coach, and we've created a network of, by invitation only, the most powerful uh, and influential group of female leaders our industry has ever seen. And we're across the globe. Um, and it's just been a spectacular journey. So really helping women specifically in the travel industry who've really been through the ringer 
uh, during COVID to really elevate themselves, their businesses, and their lives. And so we talk a lot about some esoteric things around creating boundaries and energy and balance, but we also talk about real-time things, including legal and HR and finance and um, all kinds of things, solving problems and challenges in real time to support one another and share best practices and resources. Yeah. Thank you. And um, for those listening, I've been lucky enough to be a part of that community the last three months. And I can just uh, personally attest that it's been so valuable and it is such an incredible uh, gathering of women in the industry. And it's been, I just, I think really uh, powerful to be a part of this group during this shared time. So um, I'm so appreciative of it. I wanted to share um, kind of how we connected or I don't know. I feel like the universe was weaving us together (laughs) before we even met because I'd seen your name so many times. But another Soul of Travel guest, um, Jeanette Seha, had interviewed you on her podcast. And I remember hearing your story and I was just like mesmerized and enchanted and was like, there were so many pieces of it that um, kind of where I was in my own personal journey really deeply resonated. And so at that point, like I really started seeking out following, you know, where you were and what you were doing and seeing um, women travel leaders come to be. And I'm really just grateful for the connections that Soul of Travel has created and, and seeing that also through women travel leaders. I think this idea of community and connection and interconnectedness has really surfaced during the pandemic. And just our connection is an example of that magic that I think is being created right now. Yeah, I love what you said about magic, because for me, magic and mysticism are things that are really closely connected. And it's all about not needing to understand what's at play that's bringing us all together in this kind of new world order of life and travel, right? And I think that when I just kind of drop into that and let it happen as opposed to thinking that I'm in control of the situation or I'm the magic maker or I'm, you know, I'm kind of more in my ego and I just simply take my seat at the interwoven fabric of everything that's happening all around us. That's when things really start to fall into place in a way that makes sense from a logical perspective and doesn't make sense from a logical perspective of how we all just got to be together and playing and having a good time and supporting one another. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting for probably about three months. I have um, like a, a weekly planner that I have on my desk that just is like the things I'm making sure that I'm managing that week. And the first thing I did for like three months every week is write trust and magic on there. And so definitely like feeling that same idea, right? Like somehow being able to lean into that and trust that, it's like both not making sense and making sense and that that's okay. Like, I feel like I was very much in that same space for a, for a long time and still am, but maybe don't need the constant reminder. It's a little more ingrained in how I just want to be. Well, I wanted to start uh, talking a little bit about how travel found you. What was your journey into travel? I know you mentioned you worked in luxury travel for quite some time. How did that happen? Is that where you started in your career or did this just kind of morph over time? It is how I started in my career. So I was at UCLA a very long time ago now in the 90s. (laughs) And I was part of the outdoor leadership program there, which brings people into the outdoors to do things like kayaking, rappelling, hiking in the backcountry. And after that experience, and I was leading trips all over the West, and then I moved to New York because at that time, it was sort of the heyday of travel publishing and travel, glossy travel magazines. So I went to work for a travel magazine that did private jet travel. And then I decided that it didn't make sense for me to be working with a magazine that I just, there was a kind of a disconnect on the values front without going into it. So I very quickly made a decision to shut down my life in New York. This is my early 20s. And I had applied for Outward Bound in Costa Rica. And they contacted me through my application process to be a student and said, oh, we see that you have experience in sales and marketing. We actually need a sales and marketing director. 
for Outward Bound, as well as someone who can be an instructor do, when you like a job. So I ended up going to take a year contract in Central America. And then when I finished the contract, again, at that moment in time, there were sort of a few places in the U.S. that had consolidation of adventure travel companies. I knew I wanted to work in that industry. And those hubs were at that time, Seattle, San Francisco, Boulder. So I thought, okay, which is the least cold of these places? Because I don't like cold weather. <laughs> so I went to San Francisco, didn't have a job and ended up working for Backroads and then later Geographic Expeditions where I was for a decade, literally to the day. And then I, while I was at Geographic Expeditions, I was also doing this consulting project as the interim CEO for some haciendas in Yucatan in Mexico. And when the pandemic started, I was living in Mexico. I had been living in Mexico. I could have been anywhere because I was just working around the clock between the work I had at GOX and the consulting project and renting out my house to friends in California. And then the pandemic started, all of the work stopped and the messages, I don't know if you remember, or I don't know if you know about these messages, but anyone who had registered for in the U.S., embassy saying that they were living abroad, we were getting daily messages saying, repatriate immediately or be prepared to stay abroad indefinitely. That's what the messages said for months on end. And I I didn't know anyone really in Yucatan. And I had all these post-it notes on the mirror, like I'm safe, I'm thriving, this is a good, this is a great situation, just to kind of try to rewire my brain because I was I just had nothing to go back to in California. It wasn't, you know, my like there wasn't any work to go back to. My brother had just passed away. He was living in California. I was recently divorced. I didn't have a home in California. So there, there really literally was nothing to go back to. So I just um I stayed. <laughs> and then just life, circumstance, destiny, whatever you want to call it, I created a life in Mexico and then ended up by a lot of again, synchronicity and magic, meeting my partner, my now partner, Captain Gallagher, who is coming here to Mexico for two months from the UK. And we started, we had started, I had started Women Travel Leaders just super informally a number of years ago. And I said, you know, I think it's time that we all deserve more support in a more official kind of way. And she appeared and stepped up and we've been running Women Travel Leaders ever since the early days of the pandemic. Wow, thank you. I can only imagine, I can't even actually imagine that moment sitting in Mexico. I mean, all of us were sitting there kind of holding these careers in our hands going like, what are we going to do? But then also to have the layer of, you know, the government saying, you have to come back or be prepared to stay indefinitely. Like, what does indefinitely mean? Like, you know, we all had this initial notion that maybe it's two weeks or two months and indefinitely certainly didn't feel like two years in that moment. (laughs) And um, to make that decision, I I just think it's so amazing to, I guess, have that much reflection. I think most of us jump back into our safety in a situation like this. So it would have been a lot easier to go home, even, even though, like you said, you didn't feel like you had anything you were returning to. It was just a space that you no, and it's maybe easier to get through something like this in a place that you're comfortable with, not layering on top of that, you know, being in a, a foreign country, not having a safety net, not having a community. So I just think it's amazing that that was, I guess, the guidance and the choice that you made. I can just say as the outsider looking in, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I would have been trapped in Mexico during all of this seeing, you know, I, um, for our listeners, you took up the hobby of, or found your passion for, um, kiteboarding. And just, uh, for me, I have such a love of Mexico that I thought, oh my gosh, I can't like, that sounds idyllic. I actually want to be stuck there <laughs> and, and be like forced to be on the water and the ocean every day. But then also thinking about, and I would love to maybe, maybe we'll go here next, talking about the transformative power of travel, knowing like all of the things that that type of experience is going to allow from transformational perspective, like that quiet, that reflection that would be forced by being alone with yourself in a country where you're navigating things for 
the first time maybe, or, you know, all these different experiences that happen maybe over a week long trip, or if you're lucky, a two week long trip, all of a sudden you are kind of living this transformational travel experience as your life. So I, I don't know, I would love to talk to you a little bit about like, I really believe power has this travel to transform ourselves. I think it transforms how we see the world and then how we see our place within the world. So what did that period of time allow for you to see in terms of, you know, your self-exploration and and what came out of that period for you? Wow. Thank you for asking that. It's a beauty question and a lot. Um, I would say I changed more by a long shot in my adult life this last two years than at any other point in my life. And with regards to the transformation, I mean, it was really a beautiful opportunity. It still is at that time, really to just truly become no one. So before I was living in Mexico, I had a shortish stint living. I can't even say living like it was just a few months in Patagonia. Right after I got divorced, I moved to a cabin in the woods in Patagonia. And a dear friend and brother of mine, Nawel Alonso um, of Asuncia, Patagonia, he took me in when I got, when I was fresh out of my divorce and he put me, we had this little yurt on or ecodome on his property. And this is someone like, I I guess I was I in my ego or something. I was like, yeah, I'm selling all these luxury adventure trips. I was like a top salesperson. I was flying on, you know, all around the world, like many of us and private jets and helicopters and, you know, five-star lodges. And then I turned up in Patagonia. And I remember he said to me, he said, you really need to be no one for a while. Too many people know you, you need to be known. And I kind of did that a little bit in Patagonia, but it wasn't until I came to Mexico during the pandemic where it was like, really no one knows me. And I just kind of popped up here and all of the other Americans left. So I was like, I didn't meet a single other American for at least six months where I was, if not longer, and spent a tremendous amount of time alone, just uh, meditating, I started to study energy, medicine, and intuition. And I was in this place called Sheik Shalub, which is this crater that is, uh, they say it's the where the meteor hit that made the dinosaurs go extinct. So I would just do these super long swims. And the only thing I would see were the snails going on the bottom of the ocean floor. And that went on for months and I had kind of the seed of idea of an idea. Okay, you know, one day it just kind of dawned on me while I'm paddling, like women travel leaders, like this is my this is my place now in the industry. Is I'm really I'm so lucky, I'm spear fishing. I mean, I literally, Christine was like hunting my own food. I really kind of went rogue during the pandemic. And I just felt like I don't know if I'm making meaning all of, out of all of this, but it felt like there was a reason I was kind of divinely protected in some way in Mexico. And I have just made friends in our industry who really are like family to me. And I felt like, okay, I feel a responsibility to help people who really can use support right now. And I'm fine and I'm here in Mexico. So let me just show up in another way. I happen to be trained as a professionally as a professional life coach, so I can show up in that way. But really, I think that just the slowing down, not over a three-day yoga workshop, but really, you know, when you go on a vacation for a week, it takes you a week, right? Just to kind of even begin to unwind. And then you're still like on the email and you can't just check out or if you do, you feel guilty or whatever. And it's like all of a sudden I had like days turning into weeks, turning into months. And my expenses were just so low because I was catching my own food and, you know, going to the corner market and spending a fraction of what I did at home. And started to really, once I started to tap into the grounding aspect, which I started to study deeply, something funny happened, which is I started to really connect with this divine source wisdom that gave me all kinds of insights into things that I couldn't even really begin to describe and people just the right people started to kind of begin to show up and the first who showed up were the kiters so that's how I got into I never thought I would become a kiter so I was on this house on the beach 
The beaches were totally shut down at that time in Mexico. And this group of Mexican painters just sort of landed right in front of my house because all the painting schools were closed. And I, I was just so desperate to talk to anyone at that point that I walked up to them and kind of in my broken trash, I was like, what is this? What are you doing? And he said, oh, well, this is kiting. This is kiteboarding. And you, know, you should take a lesson. And before I knew it, the teacher was coming to my house every day. And my house had kind of become the unofficial kite school because they were all closed. So I had all these Mexican kiters going in and out. And, and then I went on to study with shamans and energy. And I went, I basically went back to California a year later and Suddenly, none of the material items I had accumulated through the course of the years, the beautiful dresses, the pottery, the this and that, it just, none of it had any meaning anymore. So I just gave it all away. I let go of my house and came back to Mexico as a resident of Mexico. So I'm now a Mexican resident. Speaking of magic, that's a whole nother thing that just completely arose in this magical way not to get into the story of it, but I got my Mexican residency within 24 hours of it even being an idea in my mind, which for anyone who spent any amount of time in Mexico, you may know that things do not happen within 24 hours. Like not even like paying your phone bill (laughs) 24 hours. So to get given this gift of residency was just like, oh, okay, I guess, yes, I am where I'm meant to be from a soul's perspective, you know, in your words, and it does feel really like I was um, down in Cabo the other day. I don't know if you've ever heard of the band, The Whitest Boy Alive, I think it's the name of the band. They're really cool. Anyway, they've got this song called I'm Gonna Turn Your Life Upside Down, which was actually recorded in like a long time ago, like at least 10 years. It completely reminded me of the pandemic. They played, it was really just a little house party and they were jammed out in this kind of California Baja vibe. And they, they said this line that really stuck with me, which was, take the rabbit hole down to the light. And I really felt like that during this time period. And I love the way you said it too, because it's like, yeah, I worked in adventure travel, but now my life is an adventure. And it really is living here in Baja, where it's just like every day. It's some, Michaela Trimble and I from Vogue, we had a kind of joke. We were driving in the car and we're you know, driving and it's bouncing and dirt roads. And we said, Baja is like a, a complete... Uh, metaphor for life. It's like one moment you, you're like, this is amazing. This is the, the beasts are incredible. And the next minute you like have a flat tire and you don't, you know, and then the next second you're swimming. And then the, and then the moment after that, you know, something, your internet goes out and it's just, it's a bumpy road. And what I think a lot of people say who live here in Baja is it kind of turns off their desire to be an adventure traveler because your life is just that every day. Hey, it's Christine, interrupting this episode for a moment to make sure you know you still have time to join our 2022 Lotus Book Sojourn. This is a unique journey exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe through the pages of nine specially selected books written by inspiring female authors. Your year-long journey will include 18 guided virtual discussions with a community of like-hearted women as well as weekly journaling prompts and reflection, and an assigned travel companion for each book in the journey. Last year, women said this was one of the most surprising and impactful experiences they had. Join us for rich discussion, meaningful connection, and opportunity for exploration from the comfort of your home or wherever you might be in 2022. Our first book club gathering on Zoom is January 12th. Visit the website at www.lotussojourns.com backslash book sojourn to join today. Now back to our soulful conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate you sharing so much of your journey. I think that, I mean, part of when I first heard, and obviously I hadn't heard so much of of your story. So I, I value that, but like, I think my soul was like, yes, this please. Like so much of my like deepest wish is to kind of have that experience. And like you said, 
that time alone that we, we don't usually gift ourselves. And then um, I myself have been taking a lot of time to learn more about energy medicine and grounding and like traditional plant medicine and really like, I think just leaning into that, um, that I, I guess more like traditional way of being this, this is like when I travel, that's where I'm always drawn is towards like medicine, men and women and shamans and healers and artisans. And there's something about that way of life that I just want deeply. And so I think in your story, I was envious that you were kind of having this time and space and obviously not knowing what it's fully like to be in that moment, but just having this desire for a part of that experience. And then I also, a side note, kind of laughing about this idea of getting your your residency in 24 hours in Mexico. Um, I have planned several events there. So I don't, I definitely know like, like nothing happens like that. So that was a gift from the universe for sure. I, I volunteered for the Mexico tourism board for a while. And I remember I was working in New York and my first day showing up, I showed up like, you know, 755 figuring like we're on Fifth Avenue, we're going to be starting our day. And I sat in the hallway for like an hour and a half. And I finally gave up and I went and walked around for a while and came back and then was sitting there and everybody started showing up, you know, like around 1030 or 11. I was like, Oh, I forgot, like, this <laughs> still the Mexico tourism board. But yeah, I, uh, and have been lucky to spend time in Baja and I can relate to that metaphor for life. Like, and it's such a beautiful place that it has, you can have so many experiences within like a short distance of time, which I also think maybe there's something to that. Like you can be in, in so many different types of elements very quickly. And so you can kind of go through so many experiences in a short amount of time. So yeah, I just, I love all of that. And I really appreciate you sharing that because I think it is such an example of what, like I said, it's kind of like taking this shorter travel experience and drawing it out over time. But for our listeners, I think this is, you can take moments from this and apply that to the travel that you have available to you. And then over this last year, also thinking a lot about like, how do we bring these awarenesses from travel into our daily lives when we can't travel? Because sometimes we can't because of our career or our family or our budget or a pandemic. And so I I think it's just really valuable to think about maybe what are those moments that you tapped into that are really valuable in our daily lives? And I think you bring some of that to women travel leaders through your guidance. But what would you say for per- for listeners who maybe want to access some of that? What what do you think has been most helpful for you in like awareness and reflection and discovery? Well, I also had a podcast a couple of years ago called The Everyday Magic Project, which was about harnessing the aliveness that we feel when we travel to have in our everyday lives. So mm-hmm. really similar to what you're doing. Yeah, I remember when I first saw your podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. She's doing really similar work. And I interviewed a number of people. And I feel like that time for me, this is over the course of maybe two years that now is, I don't know, a handful of years ago, was kind of like practice. In reflection, I actually just went back and listened to a couple of the episodes yesterday for the first time in years. And I thought, wow, I interviewed all of these incredible people, big wave surfers, sailors, artists, musicians, writers, and I am living this way fully. And I remember I said something in one of the podcast episodes at that time, this is a handful of years ago, saying, wow, nobody really does what they want to do in life. And but you're doing it. This is to Luca, who owns um, a Camp Yakanzi in, in, in Kenya, an amazing conservation project. And uh, I said, even I don't do what I want. I take like a small little step, but I'll never go full. And I always kind of pull myself back, right? So, you know, we're the ones who are holding ourselves back in almost every situation. But to answer your question more fully, I think that there are three things that really make a life magical. One is community. So, and that's really what we've been trying to do with women travel leaders is just connect, kind of connect all of the dots 
The second thing is getting clear on what it is that you do want and moving toward it. It's it's almost like you could compare it with kite surfing where you make these little progressions. You know, you get a little out of your comfort zone, a little out of your comfort zone, little, and then finally you're like, whoa, you just have this one kind of breakthrough day where you're, you're ready. It has to be on your time and it doesn't really matter in linear time where that is for you, but you're just kind of ready to make that jump. Um, and then the third thing is just really easy and Mexico is so good for this. It's just to be present and let go and kind of just be in the flow of things. I think that as someone myself who came from the travel industry and was in sales and it's really heavy in logistics, as you know, I mean, like the stakes are high and people are paying a lot of money and plan A, B, C, D, E and all of these things. But then when I just kind of obviously keeping integrity and but in my own life, just let go of the reins a little bit and also just be willing to not know where it's all going. So to just kind of focus my energy, keep coming back to what's in my highest excitement. Is it in my highest excitement? Awesome. I'm going to do a great job. The best work is going to be done. It's going to be creative. It's going to flow. It's not in my highest excitement. It's going to feel stuck. I'm going to feel de-energized. I'm not going to be motivated. It's just not, it's not there. So, you know, I think all of the things in our lives make sense when we look back in hindsight versus when we look forward, sometimes we don't know exactly where it's all going and that's the best part. So just changing, flipping the perspective to having a lot of concern, to having curiosity of what could be. How awesome is that? I also feel like I'm saying this and I feel like I sometimes give this impression of like, wow, she's just like so happy and smiley and shiny all the time. And like, I want to say right now, I was in bed like all day yesterday, not feeling great because, you know, there's like this other side to living this. We all have emotions, right? And so I think the willingness to, maybe if there was a fourth thing, I would say that the willingness to go there and to be living a life in color of the full spectrum, full spectrum of emotions. So not just the positive, everything's great all the time, but like, wow, I just learned some things about myself that is information of what I want, where I kind of missed the mark in my life, but that's okay. I'm going to readjust, but I'm going to feel it fully now and breathe and rest as part, because resting is really an important part of the transformation process so that I can be ready to move forward again as opposed to this kind of low level energy that can go on for weeks or months or even years when we're not willing to get uncomfortable and go to the dark side. I think that's so valuable looking at from a personal growth perspective, but also as a leadership perspective to be able to show up fully and for people to be able to see that we don't always know exactly what we're doing and it's not fair to expect that we should. And I think like our corporate culture or stereotypes of leaders, or um, even in this day and age of, you know, Instagram, like we always show only the best foot forward. We always show our successes. Um, It's always expected of us to be this polished thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't take into account reality. And I also think um, personally, but I also, I feel like I'm seeing this across the board, especially for women, is we've been really attracted to people who have been showing up more vulnerably. I mean, I think that's why writers and um, personas like Glennon Doyle or even like Brene Brown, like we are seeing them show these parts of themselves that we all thought we needed to bury because nobody wants to see that, right? Nobody wants to see our dirt and our mess and our chaos. Like we're so conditioned to think only perfection. And I know I grew up, like I always say, I'm a recovering perfectionist, but I was straight A student, like always wanted to do things right, like was the perfect amount of quiet and the perfect amount of organized and all of those things. And I just think it it has, it feels like this time that's like stirring and everybody maybe being a little bit messy and chaotic has allowed us to get a little bit more comfortable with seeing whole parts of ourselves. But I also think what you were saying is that this is going to allow for us to be greater as humans and like move forward. Like when we can be ourselves everywhere, 
I feel like that's like this next step for us to move forward, like to not have to spend all this time and energy carrying around all of these masks. Like we can just be and then move forward. And I don't really even know, like there's not a question or anything, but it's just a reflection as you were speaking. But I'm sure there's something in there that resonates for you and for for this community that you're creating as well. Let's say you, you can think of all of our, um, like our physical, spiritual, and emotional kind of things we need to attend in our lives in baskets, right? And we're, just to put it in adventure travel terms, we're, we're putting them all, well, we're, let's just put all these things in, in backpacks, right? We can only really carry one backpack up to the top of the mountain at any given moment. And so which of these backpacks are you going to grab? You can't grab them all. And I would argue the first one you want to grab is the emotional backpack, because if things are not kind of in check, if you're not grounded, if you don't have a toolkit, like we've all been through the ringer, right? The last two years up, down. I mean, it's, it is exhausting for even the brightest, shiningest person. If you don't have the tools to be emotionally grounded, we don't have business problems. We have life problems that make their way into our business. And so that is why I decided to focus on women because women are more willing. We all have emotions. Men and women have emotions. All human beings have emotions. When I started, and not to name names, obviously, but when I started coaching men and women in the travel industry. And what I found was that the men were not willing to talk about the emotional side. They only wanted to keep it to business when there really was no business. I mean, the first six months, it was just really, well, what about the PPP loans? And what about this and that? And every time onto the call, I mean, bless these guys, but like they were just like more and more and more a mess. And their businesses were falling apart. They couldn't think their way out of it. And they didn't have control of the situation. And they weren't really willing to share what was in their hearts. And so there was no real head and heart alignment. The women, on the other hand, I, I can't say thriving, right? Like none of us were really thriving in that time. But they were, they were had it kind of together because they had each other and they were willing to voice what was happening from an energetic standpoint, emotional, and then be ready to show up and kind of, you know, roll up their sleeves again and say, okay, I'm going to have to figure this out in my business because of, you know, I've got these employees, people need to get paid, maybe I need to go into hibernation, now I need to rehire people back, whatever it was. And so, um, yeah, all, all of that, as far as the corporate stuff goes, um, I don't even know anymore. I mean, I don't really think I'm employable at this point by some major corporation, <laughs> nor do I really care to be. Um, I just really want to work with people who are fully aligned in every level because that feels good. And I just want to feel good. Yeah. I, I mean, I really value and love the conversations that we have been able to have in women travel leaders and Again, like, I don't know if it's this time and space, but I really love that we can show up and talk about the fact that we had to lay in bed yesterday, or we can talk about that, you know, I'm trying to navigate how to price this new itinerary, like that all of those things are fair topics. Like, and like you said, I think it's, it's valuable because it's true. We, we can't isolate these items. And especially I think in travel and this space of travel where so many people either have their own businesses or they're running social impact businesses like our souls and our persona is deeply entrenched in our businesses it's not it actually can't be separated and if you're trying to separate it you're not doing it <laughs> and so i think um, like i think we have to be able to speak about all of these things in one space totally i mean look like it's our industry is still a cottage industry or whatever that means, right? So it's like, it's a lifestyle business. So that means it's your freaking life. <laughs> like It's your life. Yeah, you, it's your passion. It's your, you put, a, like we all show up. There's this beautiful part about life work integration, right? You get to be authentic, pull up as show as our full self. The shadow side, some people know, don't know how to ever shut off. And so when, and also that, 
there, many of us, our identities were totally, I'm sure you could relate to this too. We're just wrapped up in, I'm the travel girl, right? And now, okay, no one can travel anymore. So who the heck am I? And there was that sort of period of time where people were, were like struggling with their own sense of identity and, and grieving and loss of self and all of these things. And then all of a sudden they were hopping onto a call with, you know, 50 other women. They're like, oh, everyone's going through this, you know, I'm, I'm you know, and travel is going to come back. And there are some like fonts and, you know, maybe I could find inspiration from something else that's not related to the travel industry or there's this thing I always wanted to learn or Maybe I should, you know, there's there's this other way, this other woman's making money right now that has nothing to do with the travel industry. Or this person turned off, you know, went through their entire, uh, you know, billing statement of their credit card and went through even the smallest line items and just started, you know, like taking everything out. Maybe I should do that too. So it's, there was a lot that was there that was shared that still continues to be shared or you know, my, I had to rebook these people four times. And now my, I had to, I, there's all this labor costs. And then in addition to that, the cost went up by 8%. So what now do I pass that on? Do I, so there, there are a lot of esoteric conversations that are happening, but there are also real time conversations that are happening as well. Yeah. Um, and I love, well, again, I keep saying I love, it's just because I'm, I'm so happy that these deep conversations are happening. So when I say that, I don't necessarily love that it's happening, but I love that people are feeling so much within their business and navigating uh, all of this growth. And, you know, the difficult times are allowing us to also simultaneously see possibilities and different futures. And I mean, much like your journey and your trajectory over the last two years, like if we look at where we were and where we thought we'd be and where we are, like... (laughs) It's not even on the same map anymore, I think, for most of us. And I also think because of that, we have been open to really pushing ourselves to step into places we would have never been. I, I mean, I know for myself, that soul of travel in and, in and of itself was one, like it was a direct connection to this trust and magic. Like this was literally guidance from the universe for me that said you are going to start a podcast. It will be called this. Here's your first 10 guests. And I was like in the shower, because isn't this where the universe likes to speak to me? And I was like, you've got to be crazy. Like none of these things are true. <laughs> and, and then like within, I don't know, within an hour, I sat down and I wrote this email that was something like, I feel like the travel industry might die. I'm terrified. I feel like you are the essence of why travel needs to live. And I want to tell your story and I'm going to do it in some way. And I have no idea how, and would you like to participate (laughs) with like something just as crazy as that? And I texted a girlfriend and I was like, I think I'm launching a podcast. (laughs) And then like at the end of the day, I texted her and I said, I have 10 guests for this thing that I'm doing. And I was just blown away by like, I would have never done this in another time, right? I would have been too busy. I wouldn't have listened to that inner voice. I would have would have said, no, not now. No, that's not my thing. No, you know, I'm not doing this. And so I just think this space and time has allowed many people, like you said, to listen and to be quiet and to maybe hear things that they wouldn't have heard or to trust in a way they wouldn't have trusted just because again, almost much like travel, like we're out of our normal routine, we're seeking different possibilities, we're maybe open to new possibilities. And so, um, yeah, I just, I really value that process. And then again, to come back to women travel leaders, like I, I value the space to have that kind of moment in to be able to say like, hey, I have this crazy idea and you know what do you think about it and and to know that in a community you're not going to feel judged and again I don't I just don't there wasn't a space for this before like I I would have wished for it I have been someone who has like believed in this power of women and community and connection like deeply I think since I was a child Um, but I've waited until now to see this come to fruition so I think it's such a sacred moment. <laughs> yeah, I that's awesome. Thank you for saying that. And to your point too about hearing that voice in the shower, I love that that you had that experience. 
I, I mean, I don't know about you, Kristen, but for me, I'm like, I don't even think I had my inner voice. I could not even hear an inner voice, let alone say, oh, I, can't, I don't have time to listen to you right now. So I think just the quiet, you know, having the quiet for that extended period of time, I was like, oh, I, I have an inner voice. Oh, intuition is real. Oh, it's not far out of reach, actually. In fact, it's right here inside of me all of the time. And all of these other voices, great spirit, much mama, angel. But I mean, whatever, that's all you can say. That's like really out there stuff. But all it is, is just, again, whether you believe in organized religion or just in the power of mother, the great mother nature, when we are in balance and we are grounded and we're able to be in our energetic bodies in a way that is fully aligned, we tap into a kind of powerful wisdom that is unlike anything I've ever known. And it is exciting stuff. And I think that it is a wake-up call that I have talked about for years. Oh, this wake-up is happening. And everyone in the Transformational Travel Council was saying it. And I feel like it has now arrived. And if you look at people, even like, I'm kind of old now, but people who are younger, than me, like they're so switched on and they're like, they're like in the new world, they're doing it. And it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that just kind of reminded me of a funny story about my, my daughters this morning, or they were talking about different holiday traditions and just this awareness that, um, like you're saying that maybe youth and young adults have, and they said, you know what I think we should do every year is we should pick a, a different belief and we should celebrate it. Like I wanted to do Hanukkah one year and I want to celebrate Ramadan one year and I want to celebrate, you know, this one year. And I was like, well, one, like you already, you like, you know what all these things are, right. And you want to celebrate these things and you want to experience them. So you understand other cultures. And I'm like, on earth, like, this is incredible. Can you imagine if there's other little beings that become young adults who have this connection to our world in that way. And what does that look like? So I, I mean, I, I agree. I do think that there's, and I just hope because I want to hope this, but that people are more aware and that people are kind of showing up into this space earlier in their lives and, and not, it's not landing for them in their forties and looking like a midlife crisis or whatever, (laughs) but that it's this, thing that becomes a part of their whole life journey and that they get to to experience it more fully longer. I totally agree, but girl, if this is a midlife crisis, hang it. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I just I kind of had that moment I don't know a few years ago and I was like, I don't think that and I think people have written about this as well now, but I'm like, I don't think it was ever midlife crisis. I think it was like the spiritual awakening that we were trying to like turn off. And that's where you become like out of alignment and you're not listening. And then the universe becomes chaos. And it's like, if you actually embrace that, um, which is, can be scary. Like, um, you know, we've all kind of had these moments through this time. Um, but then you see the magic on the other side, if you can like sit, sit through the the roller coaster for a little bit um yeah yeah I mean they're they're I mean what people shamans and people who are spiritual people will tell you is that there there really is something to the 40s that there is this kind of awakening whatever you want to call it I mean you could call it a midlife crisis from let's say a western perspective right but it's like mm, did I ever sign up for that narrative just in general, like the the kind of the climbing of the corporate ladder, the idea that people who come into middle life and then later in life are just kind of cast aside. These are people who have the most knowledge in our society and are really kind of allowing themselves to step into another side of that. And that's so magical and so awesome. But it is really inspiring, as you said, to see younger people also having more of an opportunity. Yeah, I wish I would have come into these things and just had the courage to do the things that I'm doing now in my 20s. But everything has a place in time, right? And and, and life's chapters are interesting and and fascinating. And um, I'm just grateful to have had all of them, the chapters. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess three things before we end, because we're already 
the end of our time slot for today. I had meant to start with this quote that you shared um, when we connected and we're preparing for this conversation. And so maybe it's a good spot to end, but the quote that you said is most inspirational to you um, is what you are seeking is also seeking you. And if you are quiet for long enough, it will find you. And I feel like our conversation just kind of kept threading through what that means. And so I really appreciate you sharing so honestly what your journey has looked like, because I think many of us, like I said, just aren't, we're just not taught to be able to share that. We're not taught to be able to live that or see that or breathe that. And I feel like the more people that can share that honest part of their journey, the more people will be willing to step forward in the future. And I think it's necessary for us to get to where we need to be. Totally. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And yeah, it's awesome to see what you're doing as well with all of the trips that you're planning and the transformational travel and your involvement in women's town leaders. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're super grateful for that and for you, for everything that you are and everything that you, everything you do and everything that you just are. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. Thank you. Um, The last two things are, I would love for people to find out they are curious about women travel leaders, if they're in the industry and they would like this kind of support and to be a part of this community, um, where can they find you? And then the last is um, seven rapid fire-ish questions to end our conversation. (laughs) Yeah, great. Um, Happy to do it. So if for people who want to find um, what we're doing, they can find it on WTLleaders.com. But I just wanted to make sure people knew that they could reach out to you. Um, like you said, it is kind of it's a by invitation community, and so um, everyone is either referred or you know goes through a vetting process to ensure that they're you know right for for the group and ready to support one another and show up for one another in that way. So um, right. I, I know I, there's a lot of women in travel that listen. So I hope that this will inspire you. Thank you. And yes, so there is on that website, when you post the show notes, there's an application page. And so do check very rigorously the applications. Um, and we just closed, people are still willing, welcome to apply, but we've just um, closed for our new cohort for December and the next round of entries where we'll be reviewing applications will be in February. But that anyone, anyone is welcome to apply now and then we'll be in touch with them. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. Not even seven questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Ooh, let's see. You know, okay, it's not really a travel book, but I think the books that Pema Chodron, When Things Fall Apart, that's not a travel book, though. So. But I just think that that one's so relevant for this particular year. And then there's also... Um, Michael Michael Singer, Singer, The Untethered Soul. I saw a guy on the beach with that the other day. You know that book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, one more that I just have to have to mention. It's also not a travel book, but it's just kind of, I'm more into coaching books lately than travel books, kind of, you know, making that transition, but this book called Existential Pink. I mentioned to you, right? Um, I'm not familiar with that one. It's not, it sounds like it's about sex. It's not about sex. It's about everything in life, about how to take the story off of things. And if you want to know what it is that your subconscious mind wants in any given moment, just look at what you have because the subconscious mind is making choices in any given moment. So the idea is how to bring the subconscious mind into the conscious mind so that we can have more intention with what we're doing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those. And I actually think, um, I mean, for me, travel is as much about like inner journey as outer exploration. And so I think those books are about travel. They're just like about travel within ourselves. And um, I launched a book sojourn this year that is full of books like that. And next year that's similar, like it's very, like, I think they're intrinsically linked. So it makes sense to me. Um, What is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? Well, recently during the pandemic, a beautiful handkerchief in place of a mask. Some people mm. are this, and that's like kind of a recent thing, actually. Is there some such gorgeous scars? And also, the sun here is so strong. So, like, I wish I had one here to show you, but just a beautiful scar. My a dear friend Sandra, who's a beautiful swan and very graceful and elegant all the time, 
taught me. But I think those little things that are details, I, I own almost nothing now. So I'm always wearing black and have like kind of a uniform. So little pieces like that. And that one's more of a practical one. Um, I always have a scarf as well. And part of it is for like the airplane, part of it is for sun. And part of it is for if I'm ever in a situation where I need to have legs, arms, shoulders, anything covered. Um, I have like a, a larger scarf that I always travel with. So I think that's a, a super practical, like that's one thing I always tell people is mm-hmm. valuable to have. What has been your favorite destination you've explored? Depends on the day of week you ask me that. Um, I think that Patagonia will always have a special place in my heart. Um, obviously, Mexico. I live in Mexico, and it's just so many countries in one. I'm a Latin America girl, so all things related to Latin America, Colombia, Brazil, all those places that just feed my soul. I'm learning to play the djembe right now, so the places where it's like Africa meets uh, Europe meets indigenous cultures I find that mix all to be very very interesting where do you still long to visit Peru and I am going there I've just decided as of this morning I will spend a few months in Peru catching up with friends the thing that I think I missed the most about working in our industry was our friends specifically in Latin America and I realized oh my gosh I have like 10 close friends in the Sacred Valley in Peru who I really am dying to just reconnect with. So I, when the kite season is over here, I will go to Peru and spend time there. But I also am really happy to keep my world small these days. So I have like a really stable kind of base here in Mexico now for six to nine months out of the year. And then spend the other time of the year going to, if I could just go for the rest of my life between Spain, Italy, maybe Portugal and Latin America, I, that's like enough for me now. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear about Peru. Um, I have had some amazing experiences there. So I feel like there's big magic that lives there. What do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? Fish tacos, Baja, California. Mm, so good. It's That's my everyday. None other. Yeah. <laughs> easy. That's an easy one. Uh, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? Anthony Sandberg, my great life mentor who recently had a sailing company and he's now transitioned into some other things. And he and I were the beautiful group of friends. Well, we've been all over the world together through the sailing club to Tanzania and Antarctica and Patagonia. And he's just always kind of on to the next. He's, yeah, he's the one. Great, one of the world's great sailors and someone I respect a lot. Thank you. Um, and if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? My dog. Where is he? Captain. I can't take him really anywhere. Yeah, that- he's amazing. And for those of you who are listening and not watching, her dog is the least, we, we were talking about it earlier, the least mes- likely mes- Mexico resident dog you'll have ever seen, but is super beautiful. So I'm glad that's your exploring companion. Yeah, I mean, we've been, we're kind of starting to explore Baja together, but yeah, I guess him for now. Yeah, well, thank you, Janine. I'm just so grateful for our connection and I'm so glad that the universe finally created the time and space for us to be able to spend time together. And I appreciate this conversation today. I really appreciate you. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Gracias, 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 gracias for having me. Really awesome to be here. And yeah. Can't wait to hear the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests, 
You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Solo Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.